Hello and welcome to the Purpose Feel Mommy with Minnie Marie podcast. On today's episode, we're discussing the five love languages. We're breaking it down on how we can use the five love languages overall with our significant other, our children, and ourselves. So join me on today's topic as we again break down the five love languages. All right, so let's dive right into today's topic of the five love languages. So I'm definitely a fan of the five love languages. I have mentioned it several times doing podcasts, YouTube videos, and even in conversations with friends and loved ones. And I am definitely adamant with sharing with everybody how important it is to take heed to understanding others and how they receive love. So Dr. Gary Chapman wrote the book, And he has several book series in correlation to the five love languages. So it's pretty much a guide to help us in better establishing relationships with others through understanding how we personally connect in the language of love. So there is the five love languages for couples, the five love languages for children, the five love languages for teens, military spouse, and what I'm reading now is the five love languages for singles. So definitely a good book that you want to check out, whatever book fits your life or your interest. So in reading the book, I also did my best to see how I can apply it with others and understand my love language with myself. So check out my latest blog post. As I'm telling you all to check out the five love languages, I wrote a recent blog entitled The Five Love Languages and How to Apply the Five Love Languages Overall. And what I mean by that is how to apply that within yourself, how to apply that with your uh, spouse or significant other, how to apply that with your children or teen, and how to apply that again when it comes down to other relationships to yourself and you never your close friends. So definitely, definitely check out that blog post. And in that blog post, I listed the scripture that I'm going to read with you all from Colossians three fourteen, and over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. And I put in some tidbits for the five love languages for couples. What's your self-love language? And I also put in the five love language for kids. So I'm going to discuss just a brief synopsis on it because it will be too much to tell you guys verbatim what each book means. Because you may just want the book for the couples. I only thought it was the book for the couples until later I discovered there was a book for the kids. And I was like, yes, that's a good book. And then when I discovered, when I was trying to navigate through single life and dating again I was like is there something for singles and I was like wow there's a five love languages for singles and I'm not finished reading the book yet I'm one of those people and I'll be honest I'll start with a book and then bam I'll sometimes kind of venture off and let life take over but let me share with you all the basics of the five love language and how we interpret love so Gary Chapman breaks it down in five ways The five love languages are quality time, gift giving, physical touch, words of affirmation, and acts of service. So let's talk about our personal love languages. So my overall love language, I believe, is quality time. I know it. I don't even know why I said I believe it. I know it's quality time, but not that far underneath that is also acts of service. And what I wrote about in my blog is from my own personal experience that usually 
how we best interpret love is how we also show love towards others. And it's great if that's the same love language as your friend or your spouse or your children. But we can kind of get in some muddy territory when we attempt to share our love language to others and it's not theirs. So you can't make a gift giver like quality time if they like gifts. You can't make someone who's love language is quality time, love gifts, if that's not their love language. So what I want to do with today's episode is just do a little breakdown on how I best use the love language for myself, my family, and the hit and misses when it comes down to that too. So we're definitely going to talk about that on today's episode, but I wanted you all to know how the love languages came about and the five love languages. I know them now by heart since it's been so many years since I've read the book series and just staying abreast to it that I kind of know, all right, I can just say I'm acts of service, quality time. Like I can just stand off the top of my head. And then when I'm talking to someone who's like, what are you talking about? (laughs) Then I have to do this breakdown with it. So definitely check out the book and check out that recent blog post at PurposeFilmMommy with MiniMarie.com. So I really want to talk about how to be happily married with children. I don't want us to forget that just because we have the role of mom now or dad, that we forget too, that we are husband and wife. All right. That's so important. And you don't want to be, you know, just faking the funk on social media as a couple and count down 25 years in the game, 30 years in the game and everybody miserable. You can be a happy married couple with children. I have seen those people. They're there. And of course, there are others. They're not happy. Like, look, I'm just in this because we got kids. You don't want to be that way. You can be happily married with children. So I want to share with you guys the five love languages again when it comes down to just with couples. And I put all this information in that blog post. So I'm just going to give you just a brief synopsis. So when it comes down to receiving gifts, and if you know your partner's love language is gifts, it's not so much about how much the gift costs. It's all about taking the time to be thoughtful in choosing and selecting the gift. All right. And that's what you do in taking that action. And the things to avoid is you don't want to forget special occasions and you don't want to give someone something and you constantly reminding them of how much it costs and what it, you know, all of that. Don't do that. If you want to give somebody something, give it because it's from your heart. When it comes down to quality time, same thing. You want to definitely, if your partner's love language is quality time, I can speak more on that because that's my love language. The one-on-one time is like a treasure because time is something that you can't get back. So when they're on the phone with you, make sure that you're giving them your undivided attention. If they, um, if you guys choose to do a date night, don't let that be a date night where everybody's swiping their phone, put the phones away, turn off the notifications and give each other quality time without distractions. And it can be sometimes tricky with children. So right after you put them to bed, let that be your time, your time together where you guys have at least an hour or so dedicated just to talk. If it's not even intimacy, just talking, you know what I'm saying? And create special moments. A date does not have to be very expensive where every time we go on a date, we got to fork out a hundred dollars. Sometimes it's just getting a sandwich or even making a sandwich and going for a walk, having a little picnic, just take actions like that. And what you don't want to do is spend a lot of your free time 
away from one another if that's your partner's quality time. Like it's a fine balance between having your your spouse and your children and having your own friends. So I would like for a partner to have their own friends and have healthy relationships because I, you know, there's certain, I can't fulfill all every need, you know, so I'm okay with them having a friend or someone they can talk to. But if you're spending more time with your homeboys or your home girls talking and everything, then your spouse, that's when there is a red flag acts of service. That's my second one. So, you know, I'm going to talk about this one. You know, when it comes down to this, how the best communicate is to let them know you are wanting to lighten the load. Yes, that's a refresher for those of us who uh, love language is acts of service. When you do something to lighten the load, it could be something as simple as, hey, I straightened up the living room or I made the bed after, you know, you got up or I folded the towels. Just something. It's not making you a, a slave or something like that. It's really just doing what you can to lighten the load, washing the dishes, cleaning out the car, you know, fixing lunch in the morning, you know, for your, for your spouse so they can take to work, anything you can to lighten the load, making dinner or doing the activities together. So let's say if they're doing the, the lawn, you may do something else with maybe sweeping the porch or just something. What you don't want to do is not following through on the things that you said you were going to do. That's a red flag. I cannot stand inconsistency. So <laughs> if you say you're going to do something, do it. If you say you're going to fix something, you don't want to wait till like weeks later and then like, okay, I'm going I'm to just do that. And some of us know how that feels. If that's a nerve for you, I can guarantee you that your love language is acts of service. Physical touch. Nonverbal use of touch to show love. You know what I'm saying? So that's, we already know what that is. That's the hugs, the cuddling, the spooning, making out massages and all that stuff when it comes to making love. Um, when it comes down to just making love. Um, another one is things to avoid is physical neglect of sexual touch without permission from your partner. Um either neglecting intimacy or using that as a way to punish. There are some people who punish a spouse or a loved one because it's like, oh, I'm going to hurt you. Oh, you don't want to do X, Y, Z? Well, I'm going to show you. I'm I'm going to withhold this right here so that you don't get any. You don't want to do that. You don't want to do that. So when it comes down to intimacy, that's a part of life. When it comes down to being a couple, that's, you know, that's how the babies are made. So take some time when it comes down to intimacy and making sure that you guys are holding hands. Don't stop that. If you guys held hands when you first met, don't let it stop because you're five years in the game. You know, taking the time to do back massages or just even sometimes just a pat on the back. Just letting somebody know that, hey, I'm here, I care, and I love you. You just don't know how that means the world to a spouse and a significant other. Okay, so please do that when it comes down to physical touch. And I don't know about you all, but I definitely I'm definitely a fan of when it comes down to the back massages or foot massage. So take some time to do that and then do it as a surprise too. you know, don't have like, okay, Friday night, this will be our massage night. (laughs) Be spontaneous and have fun with it. All right. And when it comes down to words of affirmation, you know, 
it's best to encourage often and show appreciation if you see that your spouse needs to pick me up, you know, empathize with them and listen attentively. Actions to take, you know, when it comes down to that, send an, an unexpected text or like a detailed text of like, you know what, I love you, 10 things I love about you, something like that. And be genuine and do it often. You know, it's the little things that count. I can say with, with when I did get into the dating game, even though it didn't quite work out, I would say I would get a morning, good morning, beautiful text from that particular person. So that counted, you know, and I wasn't used to really kind of communicating that way. And some of us were not used to it because we've never seen that in our home. So it's like saying positive words and stuff. Why do you need me to say that? You don't need no validation, but it's not needing the validation it's just really just showing them that you care because words mean the world to them. So do that. The things you want to avoid when it comes down to that is non-communication, heavy criticism. And when it comes down to their efforts, recognize it and appreciate it. You know, just try it. All right. And I think I already talked about receiving gifts, access service, physical touch. I believe I did all of that. So just check out that when it comes down to just maintaining the love when it comes to being a happy married couple or whatever you got going on if you're dating again just so you can keep it where yes we are happy and we have kids don't let children be the excuse to saying that I don't have time to show love and express love to somebody that I care about so now let's talk about the five love languages when it comes down to children with a brief synopsis so the first thing I want to talk about is the words of affirmation. So I have my oldest daughter who loves to send me little text messages to just show that she cares. And I can tell that means the world to her too. So I may send her a text message and say, I love you, thinking about you, or you rock or something. And she'll send those same messages back to me. So that's how I started because she'll send me a text message. And I'm like, I saw her this morning, we're doing hair. And then she'll just say, good morning in a text. I just think it's sweet. So you can like, write a letter and a card, put it somewhere where they can, you know, you know, they'll see it, compliment them often. I don't think that we could ever tell our children that they are beautiful or handsome enough. So tell them that you're not teaching them to be conceited. You're teaching them to love who they are. Um, you can slip a note in their lunchbox, under their pillows. And when you notice that they are doing awesome and effort, express that to them because that means the world to a child whose love language is words of affirmation. I have some students that I can tell that that's their love language because when you say something to them, it's just like, you can just see like their face just light up. And I can also tell when that's a child's love language and they're not used to hearing it because they'll keep asking you, am I doing a good job? Am I doing it? Because they've not, they've never had that before. So they're kind of fishing for that attention when it comes down to, outside of the home because that's something that they didn't have when it comes down to acts of service and that's your child's love language you can help them with doing chores together you know use it as a teaching moment because there's nothing like a good mama clean so show them how you get down when it comes down to it you know what i'm saying you can sometimes see them working doing their little thing You're like hey you want me to bring you a snack or you want some water just little little gestures like that um i know bath time it's something that my twins enjoy. They're seven. And when it's bath time, they love when they can sit there in the course, they're seven and they can bathe themselves. I have some tiny little seven-year-olds, but they're going to have a growth spurt soon. 
But when they see me actually go in and I do the bath with them, like that just makes their day. You know, having a good old clean and soak, especially if I put some little fizzies in the tub for them. All right, let's talk about when it comes down to physical touch when it's our children. This is a touchy subject because sometimes we don't like to talk about physical touch when it comes down to children because we won't we don't want to discuss when it comes down to um sexual abuse or unwanted um physical touch. So we're taking that to the side. We're talking about, you know, when it comes to physical touch of combing their hair. That's a moment. That's a ritual with us as as mother and daughters in this household. I have three daughters and we have thick coarse hair. And when it comes down to doing hair, growing up for me that was like a torture. Sit down, don't move your head, you know. It was almost like, oh gosh, I hated doing I hated the hair thing. But with my kids, it's almost like a spa treatment. So they like, whoa, with their hair. They love the shampoo I play, put on music for them. And it's not that they have long flowing hair. It's just something that for them to never feel like their hair is a burden or something because they have beautiful, uh, thick strands of kinky curls. It's making them feel that this is a precious moment that you're getting yourself taken care of. So it could be brushing or combing the hair, um, it could be cuddling when you read a story, tickling, pat time, sitting close by you. I have one child whose love language is definitely physical touch. So she loves to hold my hand when we are somewhere. I think that's one hand because everybody else is getting to the point where they don't want to hold mommy hand as much. But this one, she likes to hold my hand. They, I don't associate that just simply because of her disability of autism that's her love language so when it comes to hugs rubbing noses high fives those are important and when it comes down to a teenager they may not be on that cuddling tip so it may be a pat on the back or it may be like I said a high five or sometimes there are people who have like a, a, a cool crazy handshake just something you know but I don't think anybody's too old for a good old hug. So those are some ideas when it comes down to physical touch for our children. Let's talk about it when it comes down to gift giving. Make their favorite treat. Um, I never forget my son. He wanted some Rice Krispie treats and not from the box. He specifically said he didn't want them from the box. So, you know, I made some homemade Rice Krispie treats. They were gone in like less than an hour. So I'm guessing they they enjoyed them. So that could be, again making one of their favorite meals or a treat, um, giving a thoughtful gift or something that you know tailor fit to what they do. So I have a daughter who's definitely into not just art because I have like three in the art, but one in particular is a particular style that she likes. So I like to get her the pens and paint markers and stuff like that so that she can really play into that she treasures that her dad is a gamer too so since he's a gamer and she's a gamer when she's giving gifts like that which I have no clue what a lot of that stuff is she treasures it to the fullest so you know just do something special and give them give them things that are thoughtful and it doesn't have to be expensive you don't have to buy your child oh they love my, they love Nike so I'm gonna buy some Jordans every time they come out don't do that it doesn't have to be expensive. I mean, if you can afford it, do you? <laughs> Let me not tell you how to raise your kids. You know your budget. But for the most part, when it comes down to gift giving, it's all about the thought 
and the intention behind it. Now, when it comes to quality time, you know, that's a, that's a, you know, a no brainer, pretty much one-on-one time having those, uh, date nights. So I'm lucky now that I have a teen, preteen and seven-year-old. So if I had to do like a quick outing, I could do that with one. So with quality time, I have two children whose love language is quality time. So they appreciate the one-on-one when we have conversations together, they appreciate when we have like family moments of like game night, that's their thing. <laughs> you know, they're going to remind you that, Hey, remember we supposed to be doing game night, <laughs> um, cooking together. Um, again, the date nights when it's just the two of you all and without a sibling. And I'm telling you that, you know, in managing it now and just it being the children and I, I still keep my one-on-one time with them. I wrote a blog about that too, when it came down to carving one-on-one time when you have multiple children. I've seen families that have like 11 kids and they're like, okay, how can I call, how can I carve in 11, 11 one-on-one times? You know, that may not be all 11 of your children's five love languages, but for those that do have it, it could be something where everybody else is upstairs and you're just doing a simple, short, uh, maybe 30 minutes or so, just giving them some one-on-one time. You know, our schedules are definitely busy as parents, but don't allow anything to take away from, I look at it like this. I have my primary responsibilities and my children, you know, I would say, I don't even have to say come first. So when it comes down to their love language being quality time, it's pretty much un Uh, undivided attention that's all they want undivided attention where they know you hear them you see them and you care so definitely tap into your children's love language I would say overall as a family our love language would be quality time but in having four children I'll tell you two two of them their love language is quality time one is physical touch and one is gift giving so it's important to know everybody's love language and even your love language as a family so that way, when you want to plan activities and do things, you know, what's, you know, you kind of know what to kind of do. So if everybody's in the gift giving, <laughs> I'm glad I don't have that. I'll be broke. But if everybody was in the gift giving, you know, what I'm saying it may put me out of put me out of the loop a little bit. But I may figure out on that day. OK, this week I'm cooking. the I'm cooking such and such meal because that's what they like. OK, I'm making this dessert or just something creative. So find out the love languages for, for your family as a whole and then find their love language for each of your children and tap into it. I'm telling you and check out that book of the five love languages for children by Gary Chapman. You will not be disappointed. So I wanted to talk to you guys about the five love languages and how we can best use this overall with other interpersonal relationships in our lives that are healthy and that we are trying our best to establish and maintain. So I utilize the five love languages when it comes down to my close family and friends and those who I have built a healthy rapport with and seeing often in proximity with as co-workers and others. So again, I don't walk around with a assessment and trying to dissect everybody's love language. <laughs> There's not enough energy and time in the world. But I definitely want to do that when it comes down to my close friends and loved ones. So my mom, her love language is gifts. She loves to give you gifts. She'll give you a whole wardrobe if you allow her to. (laughs) And when someone gives her something, she loves to call me on the phone to tell me what someone gave her. And it doesn't matter how much it costs. It could be a trinket. She's just so excited about it. 
And that's how she is when it comes down to her grandbabies. She's definitely going to save up everything she can and she's going to give them something so they can know that it's from grandma. And that's how she shows love. Um, For my friends, most of us have the love language of quality time. So we make that effort to communicate with one another. We're not going to let it go by weeks without talking to each other. We make effort even if we have distance between us when it comes down to how how and where we live. I have a friend that's over two and a half hours away, but that's one of my closest friends. So we're going to make sure that we connect when, when we are in each other's city. Um, we Zoom chat. We make sure that when it comes down to support, we make sure that we support each other when it comes down to each other's ventures and gatherings and projects. Those are the things that you do when it comes down to your loved ones and your close friends, if you know they uh, have the love language of quality time. If it's acts of service, if it's a friend of mine and I know that it's something that I can do that can help lighten the load, that I'm definitely going to do that when it comes to helping them out. And when it comes down to like I have a coworker of mine who I can just tell with being around them that their love language is words of affirmation. They're not fishing for compliments by no means, but I can tell when they're giving like a just some positive feedback that it means the world to them and just how they react afterwards. So when you're around others, tap into their love language. And let's talk about that when it comes down to an unhealthy approach, because with all good things, there's always those people who take it to the next level. You know exactly what I'm talking about. The people who, when it comes down to the five love languages, they take it to a whole nother level of extremity. All right. To the toxicity. (laughs) I like how I said that. So I don't expect because my love language is quality time for someone to devote all of their free time to me. And I don't want anyone to put me in that particular situation too, where if I'm not at their beck and call answering every text and phone message that I'm, you know, put as the bad friend because I'm not, you know, being at their beck and call. That's not fair. All right. Also, you don't want to sit up here and if somebody's love language is gifts, you don't want to go broke and have your bank account plummet just because they like they like gifts. I'm not going to do that to you. And (laughs) and I don't want to do that to me when it comes down to our confidence and our security. Yes, words of affirmation means means a lot, but you don't want to solely put your confidence in who you are and how do you feel about yourself based on how other people tell you. So that's not something a spouse can completely fulfill, a friend or anybody else. And if you've ever been around somebody who's constantly fishing for you to say, wonderful job, good job, or tell me I'm beautiful, tell me, you know, it can be exhausting. So you don't want to kind of do that. And then I put this down because when it comes down to especially friends and family, sometimes we take it to another level. So when it comes down to... um friendships when someone's love language is acts of service that doesn't mean that someone takes advantage of you when it comes down to your effort through manipulation I had to have a heart-to-heart with someone who I saw that was taking advantage of my skill as a kitchen beautician so I've done their hair several times And that's kind of how we met. But I know this was like years ago, over 20 years ago. But it started to be something that no matter when they wanted their hair done, I'm just going to come to you and you want to hook me up. And for the most part, they never paid. They never paid. 
but when they were trying to not only have me do their hair, but also go down to the children. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. This is not just a, you know, I'm helping my girlfriend now who's feeling down about themselves. This is taking it to a different level, you know, and we had to have a discussion on that. We had to have a, have one of them, one of them girlfriend heart to hearts. And those boundaries had to be discussed because, you know, you never take advantage of someone's effort and friends are to be there and supportive and lend the helping hand when they can. But we don't want to use manipulation or manipulative tactics to have them do such. So when it comes down to even with the five love languages, the beautiful five love languages, we still at times will have to set boundaries with others when it comes down to the extremities of the five love languages. And when you check out the blog post, you'll see how I put uh, living out the five love languages when it comes down to at home. And don't make it complicated. Please don't make it complicated. When it comes down to the five love languages, it actually helped me out with simplifying my view on love. And I appreciated that because sometimes we see this one word with four letters and it's like, wow, it's too hard to do. But this pretty much, um, I more or less use my knowledge of the five love languages for, again, family, friends, and interpersonal relationships that I feel kind of close to. And that's pretty much it, you know, just tapping into that love language. And how you best receive love and being in tune with those around you and knowing how they receive love. So check out what like the book series. There are several books, five books thus far. It could be it could be more. (laughs) I'm not sure because I didn't know they had one when it came down to a military edition. But I listed some of the books in the blog post when it came down to the various book series of the five love languages by author Dr. Gary Chapman. And we all know that the best five love languages within our faith as believers is agape love. I couldn't talk solely about the five love languages when it came down to building relationships solely with others without the importance of self-love and having the understanding that you can also apply the five love languages when it comes down to yourself. Now I may debunk the myth that you have to have one primary love language, but we all have a little bit of all the love languages, but I definitely would say that with me is quality time. And next to that is acts of service. So I also put in the article that I wrote in the blog post regarding how you can understand the five love languages when it comes down to yourself. So when it comes down to physical touch, it could be a soft blanket. It could be a spa day, a skincare routine, stretching, swimming, just something to take care of your your physical wellness. When it comes down to acts of service, I definitely want us to break out the stigma when it comes down to therapy. Sometimes you need to talk to somebody beyond the pastor and beyond your girlfriend, beyond your spouse. So an act of service would be, you know, therapy if needed. Um, It could be scheduling and cleaning and delegating and going out. So instead of doing all the tasks yourself at home, I know I can sometimes be one of those people that's like, okay, if I want it right, I'm going to do it my way. No, you need to delegate it. I had to learn that too. Like, okay, if I'm washing the clothes, the least that you guys can do is to help sort them out and fold them when it comes to my children. All right. When it comes down to receiving gifts, man, I love it when I have an opportunity. It's very rare. 
right now. But if I do have a moment of alone time to take a short day trip and I love going to Columbia because I'm a museum girl. I love history. So I love to go to a museum uninterrupted. You know, if there's something to say, like I, I went to the zoo one time by myself. I had a weekend in Columbia. It was just me. And I went to the state museum and I went to the museum and I ran into a, a former homeschooling family um, that I knew. And she was like, uh, Minnie, what are you doing? Where are the kids? I was like, I'm here at the zoo. She was like, what are you doing at the zoo by yourself? I told her because I want to see the animals. And she looked and she paused and laughed. She was like, I like that you said that. Because sometimes when you go somewhere and you have the kids, you're so busy. Like, okay, don't touch that. Don't do this. Pay attention that you you can't really enjoy the moment to the fullness. So when I went by myself, because I've been to the zoo before, but I saw things I've never got a chance to see when I was just alone. Um, another thing when it comes down to that, buy craft supplies. If you are one of those Dollar Tree moms like me who loves the Dollar Tree and love to craft, this your moment. I got little stuff from the Dollar Tree now that I'm just about to start working on again. I make my little wreaths now, but I'm getting to do some more things. Um, and I say that it's okay with a healthy indulgence sometimes and something you like. And then it's okay. Just said healthy. I'm just going to be honest with you because I just had a Oreo cupcake before getting on air but that was just a little treat for myself I'm not gonna have two today I I can't have two because I ate the last one but <laughs> that's my treat to myself all right um little gifts buy some comfy clothes I bought me some little pajamas I went to the five below store and you know that store is not curvy girl friendly but I looked up and found some pajamas and those are my little comfy pajamas. All right. Quality time, meditation, if that's your love, uh, love language. Uh, you can do a hobby that you enjoy doing. I told you my new thing is painting, um, taking yourself out on a date alone. Nothing wrong with that. Relaxing. So you, a quality time could be a nap. Whatever you have where it's just some you time, okay? And we all know as moms that me time is something serious. <laughs> Sometimes I sit in a car and it's just me in the car for about five minutes before I go in. Well, I've, I sent everybody in the house and then I just sit in that five minutes. It's just like a refresher. So when I go in the door, I'm like, okay, game time. All right. And I'll also share with you guys when it comes to words of affirmation, when it comes down to expressing that through self-love-ish, positive self-talk. Stop beating yourself up. Stop comparing yourself. Positive self-talk, Okay have daily affirmations that you can share journal write, and have your own personal mantra that you say to yourself and say you know what I am awesome I'm amazing I got this you go girl something you know I am beautiful I have a purpose say these things feel these things that's so important when it comes down to applying that self-love for yourself I think oftentimes we beat ourselves up and we put so much of a heavy expectation on ourselves that we need to fulfill and I want us to give ourselves more grace as women and as mothers. Have that mantra, put it where you can see it and say it and believe it. And apply that self-love for yourself. Because you can't love nobody else if you can't love yourself. Thanks so much for joining me for today's podcast episode as we discuss the five love languages overall. So I hope you gain some insight as we discuss the five love languages as far as for couples, children and teens, and also for 
those who we love and care about the most when it comes down to friendship and other important relationships. You can check out a variety of books associated with that by looking up The Five Love Languages by Dr. Gary Chapman. And don't forget to check out the related blog post at my website at PurposefulMommyWithMinnieMarie.com as I discuss how to best apply the five love languages overall. If you enjoyed this podcast and you're listening on Anchor, be sure to click the star so that you can be one of my favorites and I can be one of your favorites and we can stay locked in and in tune with one another as new episodes come in. Along with that, you can follow me on YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter. And don't forget to subscribe to my YouTube channel. I look forward to connecting with you guys. And I pray that love just be the center of your life and your home. You already know what I'm going to say. I love you, but God loves you more. Be blessed, beautiful people.